Natomi is starting her new job determined to keep her otaku nature a secret. When she realizes her childhood best friend works there too though, the secret's out. Her coworkers are actually accepting, but who cares about them? Natomi wants love, and no one wants to date an otaku, right? Is Wotakoi Love is Hard for Otaku the perfect series to introduce your friends to anime? Or should it be relegated to your own personal weeb watch list? I'm PJ. I'm Skylar. I'm Lauren. And this is Kawaii Disappointment. What's the latest you've ever been to work? Oh, man. I would probably say 45 minutes. I forgot to set my alarm. Woke up when I was supposed to be clocking in. And this is when I didn't have a car. I had to take the bus into work. So I jumped out of bed, got dressed, called scheduling, and uh, made it to work in 45 minutes, which I thought was pretty good. That's pretty good. You know, I'll say I feel like you never get dressed faster than when you're late, running late, which like obviously right is a sense of panic. But like I've tried to recreate it because I'm like, well, I don't know. Yesterday when I was running late, I got ready in two minutes and I'm like, 10 minutes in how is this how what's so different see i have <laughs> that part perfected that is a skill no i literally just have all my clothes stacked right there as soon as i put my socks and shirt on call the uber by the time the uber's here which is like four minutes i'm out the door honestly that should go on a resume i'm really mm-hmm. impressed by this so sometimes i don't get a lot of sleep and i will choose to go into work sleep not right now i have had times where i'm just like i'm too exhausted i just i don't want to get up right now I'm going to work later. It'll be an hour late. I get to sleep in, eat a tasty breakfast, meander, and go into work. You know, that's what sick pays for when I'm sick of waking up. (laughs) Sick of having going into work. Oh my god. Okay, so then you? It was when I when when I lived in Long Beach still. So I was like really far from work and I slept through all of my alarms and think I'd work at like I don't know like 5 a.m. and I woke up at like 5:05. Ooh. Was like I don't know max like an hour late. It's pretty rough. That's pretty good though, considering I'm sensing a pattern here and why we've been late to work. Transportation? <laughs> sleep. Uh, it's sleep. Yeah, no, alarms. It's alarms. Right. We slept through it's alarms. It's alarming that you didn't get that together, Skylar, on your oh own. My- my God. Yeah, it seems like we all have a little bit of trouble with sleep, whether it's sleeping past our alarms or silencing our alarms or pushing them back to uh, get some additional sleep. But let's not sleep on the anime that we're going to be watching this week. Hello and welcome back to Quiet Disappointment, the show where two lifelong weebs, PJ and Skylar, guide their non-weeb friend, Lauren, through a new anime every week to determine if it's a kawaii success or a kawaii disappointment. This week, we are watching Wotakoi, Love is Hard for for otaku as we kick off romance month number two Woo! very excited all right lauren that name is descriptive and also maybe uh confusing in certain ways but what's a koi love is hard for otaku why don't you tell me what you think this anime is gonna be about okay so i do know what an otaku is so um lauren won title zero um <laughs> I am not sure what a Wotakoi is. So we're back to one one. Now it yeah, it's a draw. Um I am I am gonna go a little off the rails here today. I am not going to say that Wotakoi is a person. I'm actually saying that that is the title of a game. And that is the game that our otaku is obsessed with and like that's what they've latched onto. So I think in this game, it could be a tome, it could be not a tome. There's so many options. And I think their avatar in the game is falling in love and they're inspired to go out and try to fall in love like their avatar is, but it doesn't work because, you know, video game life is not the same as real life. And so you have those references to the video game and like, you know, oh, you lost, you're going to have to go back to start or whatever. And over the course of the anime, you see them fall in love with someone, but it is very awkward because they're an otaku. They, they don't, they do know, but they don't know. And I think that's what's going to happen. Okay. Okay. I like that conceptually. Uh, and I would watch that, but let's see a little bit further, see if that is what we're going to be watching. As we show you the poster, did your thoughts change? 
It didn't because let me tell you the situation that is happening. Okay, so the front two right here, right? The boy with the glasses and the girl with the pink hair. They're both otakus, right? And I think that they both play the same freeform wandering type of game, like your Animal Crossing or like a World of Warcraft. Like, you know, you can just like wander and play in the world. And I think their avatars have met and they're friends and they're, av- they're falling in love with each other's avatar. So this is like a modern day shop around the corner slash you've got mail where they're falling in love Aww. inside the game. But they don't realize that they're actually working together in the same office building. (laughs) Tom Hanks is my favorite anime protagonist. So honestly, Tom Hanks is an American treasure and icon and we should treasure him for always. Um, So, yes, I think that is what's happening here with these first two. There are otakus. They're the ones falling in love in game. And eventually, as the season goes on, they're going to be falling in love in the real world as well. And then they are they are inspired by the back two characters. I think the orange-haired, red-haired boy and the green-haired girl are definitely in a enemies-to-lovers trope situation because she just looks way too smug and making him so upset. So I think our two otakus are inspired to try romance together in the real world as they see their co-workers in this at first very aggressive relationship and then it gets into oh no we've actually been in love this whole time kind of relationship so that's the situation shop around the corner you've got mail but with otakus in a video game so it's for the modern age (laughs) uh yes i love the like marketing buzzword version of this where it's like think you've got mail for the modern age You've got mail was shop around the corner for the modern age. So, you know, it it all comes around. It's all circular. That AOL is A-W-O-L these days. These days, the kids play video games. <laughs> Slide see, into those DMs. <laughs> so, see, you've clearly seen the trailer for this. I'm clearly right. That's obviously what this is. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm super excited to watch your DMs have been slid into the new updated version of, of You've Got Mail. <laughs> Uh, but I guess it'd be like uh, video game related. So it'd be like, you've got a ping. I don't know. I, I never uh, got really into WoW, but I think you ping people in it. Sure. What happens in Animal uh, Crossing, Skylar? You play Animal Crossing. You don't really, you can't really, I mean, you could send a letter to people on Animal Crossing. It's very classic. Yeah. Classic. That's actually really cute. I'd love to be pen pals with someone in Animal Crossing. I think you actually would really like Animal Crossing. I think there's a lot of things that Lauren would really like in video games, but I think the second Lauren were to start getting into them, she would immediately stop because she'd be like, this will take away from like everything else in my life. Because I'm an otaku, you can say it. Yeah. So in any case, I'm excited to watch You've Got Ping, uh, (laughs) the newest gamer romance anime. Why don't we take a quick break, watch episodes one and two of What the Core? Love is hard for otaku, and we'll be right back, so stay tuned, everyone. All right, we're back. We have Lauren Watch episodes one and two of Watakoi. Love is hard for otaku. Lauren, tell me, what did you think? This was actually really cute. Um, I was way off in my predictions because, oh my God, surprise, everyone, everyone's an otaku. Um, then they're not falling in love in two different realities, virtual and real. But I enjoyed myself immensely. This was very wholesome and very sweet. It was just really nice. Yeah, I love Watakoi. I love kind of where, where it's places in the in the like romance canon. Um, it's about just like, you know, I mean, you don't get too many adult stories in general in anime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's also really nice just to see a romance between like two adults in a workplace setting. And not, um, not a high school student. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Which like, don't get me wrong. I love romance stories in general. So like, I'll watch all the, you know, special A and Fruits Basket and everything you throw at me. But it's nice to see two adults. <laughs> and I throw a lot at him, so she does. <laughs> well, uh, why don't we clean some of that stuff you threw at me up as we go through some quick housekeeping? All right, so Wotakoi Love is Hard for Notaku is based on the web manga written by Fujita that was published on Pixiv and then moved over to Comic Pool that ran from April of 2014 to July of 2021 for 11 volumes. The anime was directed by Yoshimasa Hiraike and uh, done by A1 Pictures for Fuji TV and ran from April to June of 2018 for 11 episodes. 
There were also three OVAs released between March of 2019 and October of 2021. In addition to all of that, there is a live-action film for Wotokoi, written and directed by Yuichi Fukuda, that released in February of 2020. But that's kind of all we have for Wotokoi Love is Hard for Otaku, so why don't we quickly break down episodes 1 and 2. 26-year-old Momose Naromi is a die-hard yaoi fangirl who recently switched jobs in hopes of being able to play off an image of a perfect, beautiful young lady. However, her hopes are crashed when she reunites with her middle school classmate, Nifuji Hirotaka, an avid gamer nerd that knows about her secret. Both reconnect over alcohol and Hirotaka promises he won't tell Anatomy's geek secret, commenting on how love is difficult for people like them because others think they are abnormal and weird. Two weeks later, Nanami invites Hirotaka out for drinks again, but is unable to finish her work on time, prompting Hirotaka to stay back and help her before they go out. As a drink, Hirotaka asks Nanami out, offering to help her pass her game levels as a benefit. Excited, Nanami accepts. Nanami befriends Koyanagi Hanako, her co-worker and also a famous nerd who specializes in cosplay. Hirotaka notices Nanami blatantly avoiding him at work because she is unsure how to interact with him now that they are in a relationship. Kapakura Taro, Koyanagi's longtime boyfriend and Hirotaka's good friend, steps in with Koyanagi to help but end up fighting with each other instead. As Nanami attempts to run away, Hirotaka apologizes for frightening her, promising that he is actually romantically interested in her and not just dating another nerd for convenience. After work, the four visit a bookstore and end up departing for their own homes right after to read manga and play games instead of drinking together. And that's episodes one and two of Watakoi Love is Hard for Otaku. What an absolute dream to go to the bookstore after work with friends and then be like, all right, I'm going to go do what I just bought. So I was about later. to say, this felt like a very like, I, cause I've been to the bookstore with you before and now I'm just like, was Lord sitting there the whole time being like, I, I can't believe we're still hanging out. I want to <laughs> read these books. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't started this book. I can't believe I haven't read the first five chapters already. I can't believe we have to go already. get like, lunch now or whatever the fuck we're doing. I have to go. I have to eat? What are you talking about? The only thing I want to consume is this written text. Thank you. <laughs> so I really, I really liked this. And I liked all the characters too. How were you shocked when Koyanagi and Kabakura ended up being together? Yes, but no. Like, I, I thought anticipated. They were, I, thought, I felt the vibe, right? But I was like, this is going to be a thing where they're going to enemies to lovers. Yeah. But no. They, they already, already did that. Did that. <laughs> they already enemies to lovers. This is the this is the sequel. <laughs> yeah, this is uh Where are they now? Exactly. <laughs> but you know, I will say again, something I really like about the show is it's just very I don't know, it's it, it, it's easy. It is easy. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way of putting it. Like I feel like I, I remember watching this for the first time with Skylar and being floored, like shocked. When at the end of episode one, they're like, we should just date. I was like, what? We don't have to wait till the like the 12th episode for you guys to maybe start thinking about each other in any way. And obviously, it's not that easy in so much as like they're still figuring out what being in a relationship is like and even what liking each other means. But mm-hmm. still, it was that's usually like season two stuff in other romances if they maybe ever get a season two. Right. Like we're getting that episode two because episode one, they're already like, oh, we should date. <laughs> Oh, you're cute. <laughs> I, yes, I love the part of the confession, or not the confession, when he's like, we should date, and she's like so shocked, and then he's like, and I'll help you on, like, as a sales rep for when we go to conventions, she's like, agreed, yes, I take you're my hired. heart. <laughs> Literally, she <laughs> says, you're hired. <laughs> It's like the, the, you know, dating for convenience trope. I was going to say, it's a marriage of convenience. Well, I mean, because that's the thing, too, right? And then it's even what comes up in episode two, where he's like, I didn't just ask you out because it's, like, easy because we're both, like, fucking losers. I asked you out because, like, I like you. And yeah. I just want to make sure that that's, like, clear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so cute. It's so cute. Like, listen, he's so awkward, but he's the sweetest little bean I've ever seen. <laughs> And hey, look, I know everyone's hot. tired, you know, like at this point, you got to have like a, a char- characters PJ says they're autistic list, like running somewhere. <laughs> but like, listen, Nifu, like Hinotaka is autistic. Yeah. No one else oh, is. Yeah, Let absolutely. me be clear in this. There's a lot of nerds here. Not all nerds are autistic. Hinotaka's autistic. Everyone else is just a nerd. <laughs> There's two things in this world that he likes, and that's video games and her. And her. 
Walker. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. That's the tagline for this trailer. (laughs) He likes two things. Video games and her. I like their friendship in general. Like they like kind of reconnect so quickly in general. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I just like that they're at the bar, like eating and drinking and playing video games together. Like, that's a fun time. It is fun. I do love, too, is she's just like downing beer after beer after beer. <laughs> I was like, you're yeah, so cool. She's, she's just so unapologetically herself, too. And I think that's like what's even well, I mean, great. around him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the whole point yeah. of the show at the beginning is that she is actively apologetically not herself. Well, yeah. I just meant, yeah, specifically around him. Yes. And like, he still loves her. Well, he has loved her. Yeah. 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 Can I I add that to like the kind of like easiness thing? Like, you know, the whole like original crux of the show is I'm, I don't want anyone to know I'm a otaku. And like, I also don't think like that I could ever date an otaku. And by the end of episode two, she is dating an otaku and is like out and out with her friends slash coworkers because like she like finally has people she can be herself around. It's like, oh, wow, this is all happening so fast. But in a good right. way. <laughs> but it doesn't feel rushed, you know? No, it, feels it really like- doesn't. Yeah, it's still very organic. It still takes its time. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't move at the uh, traditional pace for anime romances, which is very nice because I wasn't sitting there going, just kiss already. I was like, all right, this will happen in the next episode or two. And I think this is maybe a little more, I guess, relatable or real. Like, I think most relationships start and then you have to figure each other out. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in anime and romance movies and books and everything there's a long kind of like courtship period whether that is like an enemy like you've got mail where you don't even know that you're necessarily courting each other yet type of thing like or just the different ways that romances can drag on the pre-relationship and they kind of market the the relationship starting as and now everything is just done you know like and now mm-hmm. there will never be another problem ever again but because <laughs> they not, love each other yeah exactly but that's not realistic or real right right um you know like you look at something like fruits basket and we get like four seasons at the end of the four season couple the ship finally happens and then the ship they fails just, they've gone through all the trials and tribulations already in the courtship period and now they're just gonna live easy romance filled lives for the rest of their lives together but like you know this is more realistic where it's like hey i think we should like i like you we should date now let's like figure out who the fuck each other are type of thing you know yeah that's a really good point i thought that was very sweet and i I mean and i say that actively as someone who like was best friends with the person (laughs) that i ended up marrying before (laughs) we even started dating but like even then like you still figure each other out like there's still a difference in the relationship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i said uh yes to four seasons it's three seasons but the i was counting the movie for some reason i can't remember if it was three seasons or four seasons so thank you for the correction you're welcome no but there are i feel like a lot of parallels to them and me and pj dating because again it was kind of like a reconnection of being best friends Mm -hmm. and then we started hanging out a lot and then we just started like dating and i never had to keep up any like and this isn't me like everyone should go date date your best friend that definitely definitely is not um what i'm trying to say because like it doesn't always work like that it just happened to work for us and it was great and perfect because like he never saw me like pretending to hide any aspect of myself because i didn't have to so cute (laughs) (laughs) and i think i do have like the more like uh dramatic outgoing personality and pj is a little bit more reserved and no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it it's it's really sweet. It works out. You I like that they have the background with each other that they kind of just pick up where they left off, but now they're grown ups, so now they're gonna date because and drink they're grown ups and, and go drink. spend work money on fandom stuff. Obviously, and not get their work done at work so they have to stay late and then your boyfriend has to sit there and wait with you. Yeah. That was so cute. Oh my god. When he's like, I'll just wait for you. I was like, oh my god, stop. The amount of times that PJ and you had to like wait for me to close up like venues and stuff. Yeah, but that's because you had to catch up on the whole day's worth of work and that wasn't necessarily dependent on you. She very clearly just like 
is bad at her job. Wasn't, wasn't, yeah, she's having a bit of a struggle. And I mean, it's a new job, right? That makes sense that she wouldn't just like click into well, things right away. Isn't that she's not good at the job, is that she's not focusing on it. Like, because she's paying attention to the game feed and like game or, or her anime stuff and her appearance, right? She's so determined to have no one else find out that she is this thing that I think she's getting sucked into. But what if they find out? You know, mm-hmm. God, I love this anime so much. <laughs> I was trying to get PJ to watch this anime with me for so long. And then like, uh, I would say months ago, I got him to watch the first episode with me. And he's like, yeah, this is cute. I'm just going to wait till eventually we do this on the podcast. And I was like, we don't know when that is. What if it's not <laughs> could for be years from like, now? Exactly. So I'm. I'm living it up right now. He's yeah, finally was, well, seen it. Was it was more because like I was like, I like this a lot, but I like I feel like we'll probably just do this next romance month. So I'm gonna like hold because like I'd rather just watch it before we closer to when we do it. Right. Which I don't regret because it's very fresh, you know? Yes, yes. But yeah, so like looking at it too, like I like the kind of dynamics again as we've been talking about i also really like the dynamic between koyanagi and narumi where they're like fans of each other essentially big fans of each other that was so cute and that happens as someone who's in fandom i mean this is like a very similar plot point to a plot point in kiss him not me which obviously lauren didn't get to because it's a little later in the season but you know in kiss him not me you have um the female like love interest that comes in that's also a fujoshi and but she's the one writing like the very famous doujinshi that um the main character is into versus here you know natami is a very famous doujinshi writer in the in the yaoi community and then koyanagi is famous for gender bend cosplays right yeah 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 and they're both big fans of each other I loved that reveal where she was like, are you that person? She held up her phone and she had like the photo of the cosplay and then the girl was doing the same pose. I was like, oh, that's so cute. Also good for you. Gender bend all the cosplays. Yes, please. Yes, please. Let's go. (laughs) Skylar loves a good uh, woman dressing up as a man. It's my favorite trope. Twelfth Night was made for me. I'm surprised we've literally never been to a drag king show for you. It's because I would become a drag king, PJ. And I have thought about it. Do you have a name? No, not yet. Well, then you can't be a drag king yet, can you? Yeah. Skylar, PJ has a drag queen name. Yeah, but I'm keeping myself away from it. (laughs) You can also just go to appreciate the art. And, you know, yeah, tip them and enjoy and get drunk and listen i we all love a good fish out of water and a fun fish out of water is girl (laughs) pretending to be man so and then (laughs) men around her are just like i didn't know i was gay but i love this 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 person that i met who's definitely a man and not a woman and i'm in love with them and oh no am i gay i love gay fear and then but it's all and then you can say it's a little toxic he's like Oof, so I wasn't gay. And then you have to be like, no, you're a little gay still. What it's if okay it went so hard the other way, though, where like they did fall in love with them and then we're like, oh, shit, I'm gay. And they were like, I'm actually a woman. They're like, that fucking sucks because I, I have realized I, really I am just gay. Realized. Like, like legit, though, I am gay. So. <laughs> so um, are you sure about that? John Cena coming through the, the are thing. You sure are you about sure that? about that? <laughs> Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. Welcome to Romance Month. Now, while this may not be a listener-submitted month, it doesn't mean we're done with those. We get right back to it next month, so if you have an anime you'd like us to discuss, submit them through our form, which can be found via the link on our website, or our Beacons page, which can both be found in the show notes. If you're craving more Kawhi Disappointment, then check out our Patreon. Hours and hours of bonus content are available immediately for just $3 a month, and more is always on the way, along with exclusive polls, Q&As, and goodies at our higher tiers. February is set to have some great content, like our reduced redo of Your Lie in April, our AITA Anime Edition, where the gang reads anime-related posts from the Am I the Asshole subreddit and pass their judgment, and more. Find us on Patreon by searching for Kawaii Disappointment or by going to patreon.com slash kawaii desupod. 
A special shout out to our wonderful patrons, starting off with our eternal Desu patrons, our $8 tier, the truly incomparable Alex J, and our newest patron, the astounding Ruby Cyclone. They're not alone though, as we also have our amazing super Desu patrons, our $5 tier, Nene Killua, Magical Girl Charlotte, Jellums, and if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. And last but certainly not least, we have our Kawaii Desu patrons, our $3 tier, Eliza L, Albanaji, Aubrey Z, and Nymphomercial. You're all pretty Kawaii Desu in my book. If you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, you could shop at Right Stuff, which has a huge collection of anime, manga, and figures, or get yourself a super cute monthly Japanese box from So Kawaii. And if you use our affiliate links, a portion of your purchase kicks back to us. You can find those affiliate links on our websites or Beacon's page, which can both be found in the show notes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at KawaiiDesuPod, or go to KawaiiDesuPod.com for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O. Com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes, rate us five stars on Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. It really does help. We will see you all again next episode as we continue through Romance Month with My Dress Up Darling. Now, back to the podcast. A dynamic that I find very interesting is um, Kamakura and Hirotaka, because they're like work friends but like work acquaintance friends right (laughs) you know like they hang out at work all the time but don't really have like any meaningful conversations and the second they're like out of work and spending time together like they really don't have any real interaction but i mean that's realistic well exactly that's what i'm saying i like it yeah it was nice it's like the hallway friend in high school Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah I just think we should be talking about how Kabakura and uh, Koyanagi are so, so mean to each other. I love it. I love I love it. I love that <laughs> both couples are kind of really mean to each other. <laughs> well, yeah, because if it was just one of them, it would be abusive. I don't even think so. I think every relationship has their own dynamic, you know? I think it's hard to judge a relationship without kind of like I think it's hard to judge relationships in general. I think outside of like legit problematic things that clearly are an issue for the parties involved, you never know what the what the intersectional dynamic of a couple is. Like and I think they're they're both very good examples of this because Koyanagi and Kabakura, I think from the outside look like people who hate each other, but realistically they very much love each other. They just have intense competitive streaks with each other and love getting under each other's skin. They clearly still have a strong attraction and feelings for each other. On mm-hmm. the other hand, same thing like with Narumi and Hirotaka, they have a very teasy relationship where they like say like snide mean things to each other. But that comes from them having been friends since childhood. Like that's just yeah. the dynamic they have is just being like, uh, you know, like, oh, great. Thanks for saying that. No one fucking cares. <laughs> like, I should like, <laughs> like, um, or, you know, just when they like tease each other about their appearance or she, when she's like, like, I could ever date a gross gamer otaku. Like these little things that are just like snide jabs, but like, that's like their, that's like their dynamic. Like it's, it's not them being mean to each other necessarily. It's, it's honestly, I think there is a, uh, a misrepresentation in, uh, in modern discussion of romance of the like mean romance language <laughs> like i think yeah. it is i think it is like a love language sometimes no honestly it's sexy i you know that i sometimes i'm really into the like well it's the whole enemies to lovers thing that thing is sexy and when you're both mean to each other the way they are it's still like they're enemies and they're like reluctant lovers but then it's like real hot <laughs> but you know yeah you yeah like pj was saying you can't judge a relationship from the outside and sometimes it's that's just how it works and i like seeing a show like this where it shows both two types of those relationships in different stages in a very healthy and positive way i needed to watch all of it because like there's definitely more parallels to like i think hirotaka is autistic no hirotaka is autistic babe <laughs> In this essay, I will. I want to talk about the best worst moment 
of these two episodes. 2023. Okay. okay. <laughs> Which is when she's talking to Koyanagi and she's like, I don't know. I guess we like each other. Kamakura's more my type anyways. And then <gasps> yes. Kamakura and Hirotaka are there. Are there? And there's like and she- three layers of awkwardness for this. She doesn't yet know that they're together. Right, right. Um, They are both kind of okay, but he has now the awkward situation of being there for this. And then you have the obviously awkward situation of she just said this kind of just to kind of like diffuse the situation uh, or like the tension. And they were th- and he was there. He so was like, right there. it's so awkward. And I like that it pulls up like a, it, it's like a traditional like JRPG screen. But like to me, it's a Pokemon Seriously. screen. Yes. <laughs> but it's because like it uses traditional JRPG elements where she's like trying to do the run. And it's like, you cannot run at this time. <laughs> <laughs> All the game references were great. And I like that then, like, Koyanagi and Kamakura kind of start getting into it because they're trying to, like, each kind of be there for their friend. Yeah. Uh, and then and start fighting each, each other. But that was, like, so fucking real because, like, you know, it. Uh, I feel like sometimes, like, there's never a worse time for you to, like, say something you don't really mean, but, like, are saying kind of in the situation. And I feel like that's, like, exactly when that person's there. And, like, you know, it's a meme at this point. They're like, he's right behind me, isn't he? Isn't he? (laughs) Like, shit, that shit still made me so uncomfortable because it's still so, like, have either of you ever had a situation like that? I don't think so. But I'd love to hear about yours. I see I'm really manipulative and great at lying. So anytime I've one that comes to mind is uh when my friend was like talking shit about this one girl at work and we were on like the work shuttle and she was like talking shit and she said her name and then the girl was right in front of her and she turned around and she's like are you talking about me and i was like oh yes we're talking about the scenario that happened at work like involving this like task or whatever and like how you would be a really good point of contact for it um, because we know that like you're going for a leadership role and that, you know, blah blah blah. And she was like, oh, okay, like blah 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 blah. And then she like left and my friend was just like, I don't know if I could trust anything that you say. That was so fast. I was like <laughs> I uh I've had experience. <laughs> uh yeah see the thing that ends up happening with me it's happened twice which is situations where i because i've always had very close female friends like that's just like i've always related more to to women and i've always um had really close friendships with the female friends in my life and in like middle school especially and like early high school was when like boys started to find that weird like my male friends were like why are you friends with girls are you just gay and like obviously like i now i'm like yeah hunty slay queen (laughs) 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 um but like at the time i wasn't gonna be like yeah of course it's because like i embrace her femininity because like i'm non-binary and queer uh no it's because like at the time i just i had no way of like expressing that because you know you couldn't like or i couldn't like i was very much like nah like dude i just love bitches um and obviously i'm just friends with them so that like potentially i can like get something out of it which was a lie i'm just trying to like be accepted by both sides of the spectrum and literally two times somehow the girl ended up like walking over right as i was saying it and i was like fucking shit fucking shit and it happened years apart so like it wasn't like oh pj you learned a lesson it was like it happened once i think in like the seventh grade the next time was within the ninth grade at both times like as soon as i realized they were there like i was just like oh my fucking god like shit (laughs) and both times it ruined the friendship understandably right because like at that point they think i'm just manipulating them and trying to like get something out of them in our friendship and i wasn't but uh, yeah it's fucking terrible as i i love talking shit because i love listening to gossip and tea and all that stuff um so if i'm ever talking shit i'm literally doing like a 180 around me and i usually am against a wall that's me now like 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 i am 
so good at, at like spilling tea now and i am so aware of my surroundings and i i'm the i'm the one in the friend group who like will be talking about someone and i'll be the first one to notice them like a mile away and i'll immediately start shifting the conversation and completely change it before they're within earshot and people are always like how did you even notice they were coming um or like my spidey I, and, senses <laughs> exactly my yeah. fucking spidey senses were tingling Oh. And like, but I'm like hyper paranoid about anyone hearing the things that like the shit I'm talking about them. Like mm-hmm. to the extent that like halfway into talking shit about someone, you'll catch me pulling out my phones because I have my work phone, I'm a personal phone, being like, I didn't actually like, somehow fucking pocket down this person, right? Like Siri that didn't is... hear me say, "Oh fuck, Lauren," and then it's like calling Lauren, you know? Right. <laughs> God. Like, that's, like, my worst fear. It's never happened. But, like, I'm hyper-paranoid, obviously, with good reason. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, honestly, you have the history to back up your paranoia. I that's what happens. Get it. This literally, that's literally toxic masculinity ruining my friendships. <laughs> I mean, mm. I'm pretty sure I have been that person. And my memory, it was probably so awkward that I've completely just blacked, blacked it, it out. out. Yeah. That I'm realizing is a very real thing that I have done. So, tee hee, But yeah, that that <laughs> fucked me up. But I, again, I also love how understanding he was. Like he was like, "Hey, I'm sorry if I'm making you uncomfortable. Like I just, I really like you, but like I also don't want you to feel like pressured to do this." Because, like, I just want us to, I want to see what this is. And, you know, I don't want to make you scared or uncomfortable. I don't want you to think I'm mad at you. Like, I just want to do this. And I was like, oh, this is great. It's so sweet. Yeah, this could have been, like, so played up for the, like, misunderstanding, stretched it out for three episodes. But it didn't. No, it's not going it to waste our time like that. I also like that Koyanagi did, didn't get mad and Kabakuda didn't make it weird. Yeah. Like, she mm-hmm. wasn't like, that's my fucking boyfriend, you bitch. Like, or anything, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. she just was like, stop getting a fucking big head that she said you were her type, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you love to see situations like that Security happening. Security and, and relationships. Then, you know, being a grown up and talking about what happened as opposed to just being you know the teenage angst and oh well, and again he, like you know. most romance stories i feel like we've talked about this before most romance stories and i mean most stories in general hinge on lack of communication like and misunderstandings know, most rom-coms like even like a, like american you know adult rom-coms really all all their issues hinge on some misunderstanding you know seven times out of ten it's the jilted ex kissing them right before the wedding or some shit and then like the person walks in right as it's happening and rather than being like what the fuck happened they like storm off and like fly to fucking france and then the person stops them at the airport and is like now i can explain this to you as opposed to being like let's talk about this like adults right now right now that's why that's why if i'm ever in a situation like that i'm throwing hands like they are immediately gonna see Okay, maybe that's also the, a problem, right? Again, the the answer is communication, healthy and open communication. Okay, can be verbal Whatever hands means necessary. <laughs> verbal hands. I mean, yeah, you could call people assholes and jerks yeah. and stuff, but like, don't go out swinging. A, we're adults now. Those are assault charges. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like, I mean, if that happened to me, I would have pushed someone back. Like, you do not touch me without my consent. He's not. Or he or she is not. Well, also, but also, like, yeah, you don't. I mean, it's jarring. Like, you know, it's very surprising. And like that moment of shock. Even if you do push them away, nice times out of ten, those rom coms. Like, she walks in, sees it, and if they don't notice, she turns right before he pushes them away, and is like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And but mm-hmm. she's already gone. You know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it's just again healthy and open communication is the answer to most of your problems. Yes. Yeah, it really is. Pretty much every it's, single problem. I it's will all talk, about communication. Can be solved yeah. through healthy and open communication. And also, just don't be around exes unless you have a healthy boundary I was going to say, you might have them. a healthy relationship with your ex. That's, that's a yeah. possibility. Yeah. And uh, it's not usually a thing in um, 
rom-com though yeah but it's not always i mean like i know people who are friends with their exes have very oh, yeah. healthy relationships with their exes oh no no, no. like real life yes 100 percent. i'm strictly talking about western rom-com baby baby cannot trust those exes oh yeah i mean even in anime a lot of times exes really only exist to fuck your shit up they yeah. a probably broke your heart and like left you at the altar or something and now that you're finding new happiness they want, want you to, they want you back but just to take that happiness away from you they don't actually want to stay with you yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um because in in media exes are all fucking terrible people especially in real life where a lot of your exes are probably terrible people but sometimes relationships just end and you might just have amicable new lives separate from each other yeah yeah, it exactly. just wasn't it, and that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. But yeah, this this anime is really good and fun and easy and delightful, and there's so much nice and great stuff to talk about. But I'd like to now talk about the music for Wotakoi. Love is hard for otaku. So the music for Wotakoi was composed by Akimitsu Honma. What do you guys think of the you know general music for the show? I think it was a great vibe. Mm-hmm. I've played uh, many RPGs. You could definitely hear the themes throughout the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like that everyone had their own little ditty, and then they had the <laughs> the songs for like the different scenarios, like you know when it's super awkward, or just like the generic background music when they're book shopping. It was very very sweet, and it helped to keep that otaku kind of vibe, even when they were more quote-unquote normal yeah and like right. the music like you know was always kind of like delightful and upbeat you got like different versions of it you know it was a little bit more not intense in any regard but like peppy or like jumpy when uh the beginning of episode two when Natomi is like running late for work you know oh yeah 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 absolutely and is like rushing to get everything together and like catch the subway which she then has to keep doing because she just has never learned a lesson i guess that's not here nor there the music is <laughs> you know a little jumpier at the beginning there and then yeah it's just in general very like fun delightful music in the show right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. agreed uh but speaking of fun and delightful why don't we talk about the op and ed for this anime so our op is fiction by sumika Lauren, tell me what you thought of that OP. I thought it was very fun. I don't know if I would seek it out on its own. However, if it popped up in a playlist or something like that, I would not turn it. I thought it was a really fun time. Yeah, I think the the OP is great. I think it's like a solid like 7 or 8 out of 10. But I think the visuals make it like a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were so cute. The visuals in general are super well done, really well color blocked, really well choreographed. But obviously, we have to talk. You cannot talk about fiction. They're talking about one of the most iconic anime TikTok OP, trends. TikTok trends, anime trends of all time, which is the hand choreography from yep. the OP. That's a TikTok trend? Well, I mean, yeah, to do the... I mean, I'm literally doing it right now. But like the hand choreography <laughs> well, from, when they're, from when they're, uh, you know, doing their hand choreography in the OP. During the yeah, chorus yeah, yeah, of the yeah. OP. That yeah. became a really popular trend on TikTok. Oh, that's so sweet. It was really cute, yeah. So there's a lot of people in cosplay from Wutakoi doing it. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Oh, that's adorable. I already love this song so much, but then getting to hear it so, like, so many more times because of the TikTok trend, just, like, hammered in that love. And now I can't hear it without doing, like, some of the hand choreo. Just yeah, like, same. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love this OP. Fiction is a certified hood classic <laughs> but let's also talk about that ed which is kimi no tonari which say which translates to next to you by halka Number. 
Lauren, what did you think of that outro? This was your typical kawaii type of outro, especially I'm sure we'll be seeing um, a trend towards these types of songs this month. It's just something that that kind of goes hand in hand with shoujo. Um, the visuals were super cute. I thought the song matched them perfectly. I thought it was just a nice, light, frothy end to the latte of this anime. Mm-hmm. I'd mm-hmm. agree. Yeah, I think the outro is really good. Um, it has those kawaii vocals, kind of without kind of using the same type of music that usually is accompanied by those kawaii vocals. Like um, the backing is a little bit more like melodic and symphonic, and usually those vocals are a little bit more bubblegum poppy. Right. Uh, and obviously those those uh, traits are still in there, but it is still a little bit different, and I think it's really welcome. Yes, one hundred percent. In general, I'm just a huge uh, fan of Halka, so. The first time I heard this, I was like, she back, baby. I love it. And it's so good. And it is sometimes when you get the same artist doing anime endings, it all kind of sounds similar, but it all sounds different for her. So I love it. Oh, that's so nice. Lauren, if you don't remember, she did the outro for Kaguya-sama Love Score. Oh, oh. Yeah, they do sound different. Oh, that's so nice. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to win at Anime Trivia. Yeah. Uh, go check out our <laughs> reduced redo of... Uh, check out our regular episode on Kage-sama's Love is War. But listen to Laura and watch it on the reduced redo over on the Patreon. But yeah, great great ED, great OP. But let's talk about them just a little bit more. As we move on to our segment, what modern or contemporary artists do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros? Lauren, why don't you kick us off with fiction? This one was hard for me because I could either you know go for like the fast pace the vibes or i could go for the vocal yeah but it's hard to find something that does both yeah so i ended up going for pace and for vibes and i picked set it off their song why worry Yeah, I, okay. I like that for the vibe for sure. Thank you. It's a little bit more upbeat or like yeah. a, a little bit what? more high energy. Well, see, I feel I don't know because I feel like fiction is really high energy. Yeah, I, I guess it's just a different kind of high energy. It's not very bubblegum. But gum. I like it. Yeah, honestly, I would say it's maybe even lower energy than fiction because I feel like fiction is like it's very fast bursts of of music versus this is like, you know, if it's like fiction is like one, two, three, four. This is just one, three, one, three. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. You're not going to like my answer. Really. I don't think. Uh, look, this is a hard song. I, I don't think any of us should judge, judge each other too harshly. But I think this is a very good vibe approximation. And yes. like, especially at the very beginning. I think we're all kind of going for I felt for the vibe vibes. very well. Yeah, I will take it. Skylar, who'd you go with? Oh, it was my turn? Okay, so like I was trying to match, not necessarily, I, I guess trying to match voices a little bit. And I kind of just fell off of it, but keep that in mind. <laughs> but I was also eliciting the same it- feeling it gave me. Does mm-hmm, that make mm-hmm. sense? I yeah. was with Accidentally in Love by Counting Crows. I see it for like specifically the hand hand choreography part. Like that part, I see see it for sure. I see why you feel like you were going in the direction of the music and fell off. Because like, I think based on memory alone, I was like, Counting Crows, I think would be a good vocal match. And listening, I'm like, it's not that great of a vocal match. It's so fun because I started, like when I started this journey, I was like, I wish like I had a high energy Jack Johnson because I like Jack Johnson's voice a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just went to Jack Johnson radio and then I was like, accidentally in love really reminds me of this kind of vibe. Yeah. And I think, you know, vibe wise, it's pretty, pretty okay. Yeah, I agree. It's hard though because none of them, like the singer for fic, like they sing from their throat and like it's hard because not that many singers sing from their throat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all diaphragm, baby. Because you shouldn't sing. Your- <laughs> yeah, that's not good. You should sing from your diaphragm. Um, I uh struggled, but I I landed somewhere where I was like, okay, <laughs> so it's not great. Yeah, uh, but I ended week. up going with Daft Pretty Boys by Bad Sons. I 
I hear it. Yeah, no, I see. Yeah, absolutely. I see why you picked this song. Mm -hmm. I think it definitely has a similar vibe match. I think you're probably closest for vocals. That's that's kind of how I landed on them was this song came on in my research and I was like, the vocals are close-ish and this band doesn't really have any super high energy songs though. And the chorus of Daft Pretty Boys is like the closest I could get to high energy. Mm-hmm. That's the thing mm-hmm. that sucked though is I would find I did find a few artists that I thought were decent vocal approximations, but like their songs are all so slow. Oh my god, it's all so yes. melo- mellow and melodic. Yeah, so like you just could not find a good middle ground. You couldn't. Oh my god, I was so frustrated. Uh, but I yeah. think we did an okay <laughs> yeah. job. Overall. I think this was a yeah. solid, a solid passing grade from all of us. You know, C's got degrees over here at the Quiet Disappointment Podcast. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> thank God for C's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lauren. So why don't you tell me who you went with then for our ED next to you? So kind of with the first one, <laughs> I kind of just threw vocals out. I was like, I don't think there's any way I could find both. So I ended up picking something that was similar vibe wise. And it was kind of just as good as I could get. I ended up picking Creamy, their song, I Do, I Do, I Do. I think this is very good. Definitely way higher energy than the mm-hmm. ED. Mm-hmm. But I see what you're going for because it has some of those like techie bits in it, electric wisps and stuff in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I appreciate the effort to go into a higher, higher pitch vocal. I tried. No, man. And I think you did a very good job getting there. I think this is a, <gasps> I think this is a very, very like good, uh, you know, like I think you did, I think you did pretty okay. Thank you. I think it's a great choice because it's better than mine. And we are literally in the oh. same genre. Okay. Oh, gosh. Well, then, Skylar, who'd you go with? I remember dancing to this song a lot, and anytime I listened to this, made me kind of think of it. It's Cartoon Hero, specifically by Barbie Young, the Speedy Mix from DDR Extreme. (laughs) No, because it's originally sang by Aqua, who sings Barbie Girl, but this is by Barbie Young. (gasps) Okay, so there is a a distinct difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if like I took Kimi Nitonari, put it on like four times speed, and like <laughs> that, this would probably oh, be, be phenomenal. I was gonna say, listen, this was way too upbeat, way too fast, but I see what you're going for. I was I gonna say, too. but if you put on the original, which sounds very similar, obviously, because it's the same song, it sounds like five times slower. And I was like, I need a middle ground. Why couldn't in there be? Why couldn't there be a somewhat uh, speed walking mix? <laughs> <laughs> I like your vocals, though. I think the vocals are. Great. I think any vocals this fast would be great. There no, you but go. that's how she sings because. Uh, even with Aqua, well, you know, Toy Box, Aqua, all of them, they'd be singing like that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, yeah, I see what you're going for, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's like, <laughs> it's like if the song was on speed. That's why they call it the Speedy Mix. There you go. See, you figured it out. <laughs> I went with a song that I've gone with before, I re- I'm realizing. I went with Attracted to You by Pink Pantheress. I like this one. It's great. Yeah, it's yeah. a good time. I think this is a really good approximation of both vibe and vocal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this a lot. Thank you. Yeah, I was I was originally going to go with a different Pink Panther song, and then I ended up on Attracted to You, and I was like, oh, I've definitely used this, but I think it fits better than the other option I had. I think that your gut to go with this one was the right one. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you. I think we all did very good in different ways. Uh, you know, I didn't go DDR, but maybe Skylar went a little too DDR, so I think it balances out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, great selections for our OP, great selections for the ED. And that is where we are going to call our music segment. So why don't we take a quick break to watch some additional clips, some additional context, and get Lauren's closing thoughts on Wotakoi, Love is Hard for Otaku. We'll be right back, so stay tuned.
All right, we're back. We have some additional clips, some additional context, some additional fantasies, dates, romances, otaku moments, gamer moments, and everything in between. Lauren, tell me, after all of that, are you still liking the romance here? Are you still liking the grown-up discovery of two individuals falling in love? Or eh, is, is the romance kind of getting overplayed? Is everything kind of dying down for you? We won't know until we ask you the question. Lauren, would you keep watching Wotakoi? Love is hard for otaku. From the beginning, this one felt different. You know, I think probably because they are grownups, they are talking about their feelings right away as opposed to falling into the the rom-com tropes that we're so used to. And that was really refreshing to see happening. I did like Hirotaka the most out of all I mean, of yeah, them. Hirotaka is my boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, he's just so sweet. And I mean, yeah, he's a little awkward. They're all awkward, but I love him. Hirotaka is definitely one of my favorite characters. He's just, he's so fun. And he's really honest, too. Like, he's very honest with his feelings. Is it the autism? Probably. Probably. Uh, But that's (laughs) what we love about him. (laughs) So, yeah, it felt different. The characters are extremely relatable. Even though they're otakus, they feel so real. They're so genuine. And so, yes, I will continue to watch Otakoi. Love is hard for otaku. Absolutely love to see it. Well, while we are excited that you liked Wotakoi, let's find out if we think other people would also like it. Would you recommend Wotakoi Love is Hard for Otaku to someone looking to start their anime journey? I think I would. I think this is light enough, but it still has enough real world connections. And it sets up a lot of good anime tropes. I think it'd be a good first anime. Yeah, I think it would be a phenomenal first anime. I think the romance is very sweet. It's very relatable. Mm -hmm. And especially if you are someone that feels like it's maybe a hard sell to sell someone on like the teen romances that are prevalent in manga and anime, then this is an easier sell. And I think in general, it's an easy sell because again, the anime is pretty easy to just kind of consume. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm like kind of on that like fine line where I'm like, I think this is a great first one for people, but I also get worried that there's too many references to things that people might not know, like Fujoshi and, you know, all that stuff. But see, what I kind of like is that they, they don't explain it in the show. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, because I feel like if they had just been like, yeah, you're such a Fujoshi, like, I would maybe feel like that more. Like, see, mm-hmm. everything they say, they're like, yeah, you know, you're a this, which is this. Or like, even in the subtitles, like they when they never, they say Fujoshi, but they never subtitle Fujoshi. They say like, yaoi fangirl, right. you know, and stuff like that, because like... It's more friendly. Yeah, it's a little bit more friendly. And even like, no, like obviously, like I'm sitting there like, okay, I know they're saying Fujoshi and I know they mean Fujoshi, mm-hmm. but... That's just because I've, you know, seen like Kiss Him Not Me and stuff like that. Right. So, but yeah, I think they do a good job of not uh, leaning too into that stuff. But even like when they're doing like anime and gaming references, it's kind of in a way where, yeah, these guys are freaks about it. So like, don't feel bad that you don't know it. Yeah, no, I felt that way too. I mean, there Mm -hmm. were some references that you guys were laughing at in context. And I was like, I'm not 100% sure I understand what that was, but I still found it funny. So Mm -hmm. I think that they they play to all audiences. So we saw like the date clip and she makes a reference to like JoJo's and then he just has a like, nope, that's a, that's weird otaku shit. Put a quarter in the penny, in the piggy bank. You know, like, <laughs> and you then as, as someone who doesn't know what JoJo's is are like, okay, I get it. She did some weird otaku shit. Yeah, yeah. so she's super into this thing. I don't need to know what it is. We can, we can move on. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, so yeah, I, I think you're, I see why you're still on the line, but you gotta land on, you gotta land somewhere. What's your decision, Skylar? Mm, I think yes. Oh, hey. Hesitant yes from Skylar. Very active <laughs> <It's unanimous>. yeses <laughs> from PJ and Lauren. So we're gonna give that our Kawaii Desu thumbs up. A do recommend. Here, so we have our Kawaii success, a Kawaii Desu thumbs up. And one big question still left to ask. And that question is, is there an AMV for that? AMV, anime music videos. Is there an AMV for that? That was Western as hell. All right, y'all, welcome to the AMV hoedown. Lauren, give me your song and artist. (laughs) 
Because apparently that's what we're doing here, based on the way Skylar asked that question. Well, I do declare, I uh, had quite a few songs to choose from, but ultimately I landed on What Lovers Do by Maroon 5. All right, Lauren, after searching, there is one AMV for <laughs> What's a Koi for Maroon 5, What Lovers Do. So that is three points in the book. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you, one AMV music person. I thank I you, Leilani. You. Thank you, Leilani. XOXO. Perfect. All right, Gossip but girl. maybe that's not where we are to end here. Because the end is actually the beginning in the sense there is a super secret, not so secret bonus round. Lauren, do you think that there could be an AMV for Wotakoi, Love is Hard for an Otaku to Evanescence Bring Me to Life? All right, Lauren, use that Evanescence. God, I'm, ugh, I sweat so much during this section. Anyway, that's the essence um, part. That's the- <laughs> Oh my god. Uh no. No, it doesn't exist. No? No. Locked in, we have a no, which means that we are going to end this with four points, because of course there are none. So that is a four points locked in, meaning we have a Kawaii success, a Kawaii Desu thumbs up, and four points in the book. <laughs> wow, Ugh. look at me. Jesus. You absolutely love to see it. Yeah, thank great you. job. And thank My you goodness. for going on this journey with us as we kick off our second romance month. Thank you for having me along again. I'm excited to see other romances, but this was a good starter. Yeah, I'm so glad you know, to get it's to definitely see it. an easy start. And we're going to see where the rest of the month takes us. But we'll get there as we get there. But until next time, I'm glad you had a good time. But more importantly, I hope our listeners had a good time, a fun time, a Fajoshi deserve rights to time. <laughs> Uh, a wee penalty date time and a find people who will go with you to the bookstore after work time Hell yeah. but until <laughs> next time we hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment i've been pj and i've been skylar i've been lauren and yeah i mean if you go to the bookstore with someone i guess just assume that you're not doing anything afterwards so save it for last you absolutely won't please let them go home and read their books <laughs> <laughs> all right bye everyone Bye. bye <laughs>